It's great to have Gerard Mora visiting The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, thanks, Dave. I appreciate you having me back on. It's been a bit. I'll tell you what, what about taking us back, Gerard? When did music begin for you? Um, so I've been playing music, you know, ever since I was like in middle school. I picked up the guitar. Um, that was kind of like the first one. I have two brothers um, that I played music with throughout my whole life, too. And uh, I was kind of the first one to pick up that. And then shortly after that, we all kind of got into it. And we're all one year apart, me and my brothers. Um, so we just all kind of fell in love with music and playing together. And we would play at church and different events around school and whatnot. And then about 2010, we made a Christian metal band called Darkness Divided. And we were doing that for about eight years together, just touring and putting out music and whatnot. And then God pulled us all into our own different ways and kind of put music down for a little bit. I, I still was playing at church and kind of on my own. And I, I say put it down, but you can never really put music down forever, at least in my life. You know, it's, it's something that's such a part of me is to, to write and play music. So I was kind of writing some songs uh, in between Darkness Divided and Now and just for myself, you know, just to have these songs and then naturally they're coming out. So I'm just going to put them down, make them voice memos on my phone and, you know, share them with my wife and family or whatever, but not really had any plans for them. But felt a really big calling to start sharing them with other people. So kind of started releasing and recording my own music under my name in the last year. So it's always wow. been a part of my life, but always changing. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you'd said. Your brothers, all of you, one year apart, did you drive your mother insane? <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit at times, uh, but we're all still really, really close, thankfully. Um you know, every holiday and all the time, we're always hanging out with each other. They're still my best friends, and I was very blessed to be that close to my brothers and to share the same kind of interests and whatnot. Now, we're going to head into new music in a little bit, but first, I want to get into your past with Darkness Divided. When you guys put the band together, were you going in with the intention of aiming the music just primarily at Christians? That's a good question. I think since the beginning of Darkness Divided, it was always about something that we're passionate about, which is our faith. And as someone who wrote most of the lyrics for the band, something that I believe is that if you're a Christian, that should have a little piece of everything that you're doing. You know, it shouldn't be you're a Christian first and then everything else second. And so naturally, a lot of the songs and everything that we wrote for the band had Christian themes and elements and that would come out. Um, but as far as writing for Christians, no, not necessarily. We definitely try to be as open and inclusive as possible. Anyone that was going through something or that we thought maybe our music could have some kind of good redemption for them in their life and bring them up in some kind of uplifting way, that's what it was about. You know, We wanted to meet people wherever they're at in different places, clubs, bars, venues, churches, wherever. Mm -hmm. and try to bring them a little love. It didn't matter if they're a Christian or not. That's that's always where it came from, as far as our side of things, where, where we wanted to be seen. 
you know, I don't really want a single you and darkness divided out for this. But the reality is that there aren't many Catholic bands giving a strong faith message. Any ideas to why that happens? Well, you know, that's, that is true. It's kind of interesting because there is Catholic music out there, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of like publishing companies or outlets that want to promote those kind of artists, if you know what I'm saying. Really? It's a little bit harder to sell, I think, <laughs> which is funny because the Catholic Church is, you know, such a big church and everything, but it kind of puts you in this little niche, you know, where it's like, uh, it kind of makes you stand against, even though you're not even trying to, you know, I, I, I believe we're all the body of Christ and, you know, we, we share a lot of the same beliefs and ideas and stuff. But when you start saying Catholic, I think sometimes some people get a little like distaste for it. That's rotten. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But also, at the same time, I think people who have that taste for it, it's coming from a judging a book by the people who read it and not the book itself. Um, and when I say that, I mean, sometimes people who are saying that they're Catholic kind of give it a, a bad image sometimes, or they maybe they judge someone. Or something like that. And that's that's with any religion, you know, or any organization, really. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for people to go beyond that uh, if that's their, their actual personal experience with it uh, not read into the theology behind the church and whatnot and realizing it's, it's a lot more loving than what people see. I think the first time that you and I met was 2014 at a show in Ontario. And you guys opened for Prepared Like a Bride. You may not even remember, but how would have it have been that an Aussie band chose you guys for their North American tour? Yeah, no, I, I remember that show. Uh, it was like in a VFW hall-ish kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we got hooked up with them because we were on the same booking agency as them. And so basically we were, we were hungry. We were going to jump at any opportunity to get on the road. Our first album, Written in Blood, had just came out, and we wanted to, you know, get out there and play it. And we had just gotten signed that year as well. So the the booking agency gave us that tour offer, and they're like, "Hey, this band's coming from Australia. You want to tour with them?" We're like, "Absolutely, they're awesome." And then they were like, "Well, here's the other part. If you <laughs> if you're gonna do the tour, the band has to ride in your in your uh, van." Or you have to carry all their gear, and then the other opening band's going to take the band. (laughs) (laughs) Us and, um, oh gosh, I know Colossus was there, but I can't remember the other band right now. Um, So we opted to take some of the band, some of the gear. That way, you know, it wasn't too crowded or anything. Well, actually in Texas, the other band had a really big falling out, I think financially. And so they dropped the tour. Because they were from Florida, so they were just going to go back to Florida. And we still had to go all the way up to see you guys in Canada. And so for the last half of that tour, it ended up being all of us in that van and all of the gear for the tour and merch and everything in our van. <laughs> so it was it was a good thing we had a, a good side Sprinter van at the time because, yeah, that was like nine of us in a, in a van <laughs> with all of our amps and cabs and drums and everything. So it was, it was a good time, but very interesting. 
Well, I guess at that point, you guys would have been touring the Written in Blood album. Mm -hmm. I'd always thought that was actually your first release, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, that was our first album. We um we did an EP in 2012 just on our own. Uh we had we actually did like a barbecue plate sale and, you know, been saving our money and whatnot and drove out to California and recorded uh at the time it was called Lambisa Studios with Daniel Kasseman. Um and we recorded an EP and it was cool. It was a definitely a cool experience. Daniel was awesome and we got to we I mean later on we toured with Woven War and stuff, so we got to use like Nick Hippa's stuff and kind of one of those things where you saw that studio and some of the old Aslan Dying DVDs and then now I was like, Man, I'm here and recording music, you know, we we're just a bunch of kids having fun. So <laughs> but we, yeah, we did that. And then Rind and Blood was our first album that we put out. Darkness Divided must have flipped when Victory Records added you to the roster. How about giving us a story behind that? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, all of us were in school at the time. My brother had just graduated from high school, and I was in my second year of college, and my other brother was in his first. We all loved playing music, and that, we like that's what we wanted to do. Uh, we just didn't have a way of actually doing it, you know, like going out and just taking that jump and making it a full-time thing. So my littlest brother who had just graduated from high school, was like, okay, let's find some way where we can get a little bit more attention or someone might be willing to pick us up and we'll just like, go for it. And uh, he came over and we made ourselves our first one sheet and we kind of like made a budget to get a better looking music video out and better kind of recording out and stuff. And we sent it to several people and didn't really hear back but then that summer, we played a bunch of, of the Christian festivals in, in America, like Sunshine and Creation Festival, and okay. Cornerstone and some of those. And so we kept running into our friend David Stagg, who was the CEO of HM Magazine. Mm -hmm. Now He's from Houston, and we really hit it off. And he was like, Mac, you're, you're playing all the stages and all these places. And he's like, yeah, we're, we're, you know, thank you for having us and blah, blah, blah. And then he ended up showing our music to uh, Victory Records, and that was kind of how that happened. Um, they're not a label anymore, but at the time they were, you know, pretty old school. They rented out a studio in Chicago, and you would go out there and play like you were playing for a crowd, but it was really just like five to ten people from the office that worked there. Oh, really? Yeah, that's because everyone at the at the office does like quote unquote A&R. And so we played for them. That was it. <laughs> Tony was actually, I think he flew to Mexico after that. And then he, he came back from Mexico and sent us a record deal. So that was, that was a pretty cool time. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, another surprise I found with Darkness Divided was your voice. Now I'm going to explain something. I am a fairly small guy. So don't be hurt by this. But how does somebody your size have such a huge voice? You know, it it took me years. And I felt like even towards the end of the band, I was still kind of getting into the groove of things uh, for as far as my range goes. Um, but yeah, it all comes from the diaphragm and just working at that and finding some different techniques and 
kind of developing, you know, my own voice and what I wanted to sound like and what I felt was natural when we would play live or everything like that. And that's kind of how it started coming out in the records and whatnot. So I definitely don't sound like what I sounded like in 2012 or 2014. And then 2016, 2018, when we did our last two releases. You could feel like you can kind of hear when I'm hitting my groove as far as those vocals go. So it was it was a interesting time. I used to be very bad at it, so I'm very thankful that <laughs> things improved there. Well, you brought up 2018, and that's when the band decided to call it quits with your last EP, <laughs> with the very obvious title, "The End of It All." Mm-hmm. What was it that changed for you guys to want to bring it to an end? It was uh, mainly just our personal lives. My brother had just gotten engaged, and I had just gotten engaged, and our drummer had actually left the band, uh, Hayden, who did our our self-titled album in 2016. And when we were when we were in 2016, we were like really hitting our stride, um, mm-hmm. as far as playing wise and writing music and stuff, and. So when Hayden left, that was kind of the first thing. And then then everyone was kind of like, well, we're kind of settling down at home. And we didn't really know how much we'd really be into touring with everything that was going on and stuff. And so instead of dragging it out, we all kind of came to the decision to just kind of come out mutually and just like, hey, before things get kind of weird or things hold on for a long time, let's just have fun and put out the music that we had been writing anyway because we were going to write a whole album. So we just wrote the EP instead and then, you know, play some last shows in some of our favorite places and call it a day. Never regrets about that happening. Um, it was hard at the time, honestly. It's just something I had really poured all of my time into was was Darkness Divided for, for eight years. And so that last several months of reality shifting was hard you know just trying to figure out like well what am i gonna do now um but thankfully you know i have a really good support system at home with my wife and everything and my family and just being tight with you know my literal brothers in the band and then of course my non-blood brother but my brother sebastian you know and still being able to be good friends at the end of the day and put it down respectfully and everything i think i think that was the right thing to do for sure I want to pull in a song from that. I'll explain because my wife is a weaver, so I was automatically attracted to Humanity's Loom, Mm. where it says, Lace through the fibers, weaving us together, guided up and over, forever tethered, like threads, the end with connection. Is it simple to lose our connection with God? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a relationship, and... If you're not nourishing to it, uh, you know, God's always going to be there and nourish his side. But it can be very easy to miss that. It's it's really cool that you bring that song up. It's one of my favorite songs that we wrote. I just think that as we are all the body of Christ, that that's kind of our responsibility is to forever be tethered together and trying to make it through this life and obviously get to the next one, which is heaven, hopefully for all of us. And having that tight relationship through God that we can share with each other is is very meaningful to me. So it's cool. I haven't I haven't heard those lyrics in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring the music up to date, Gerard. I'd read that way back when you actually began with worship music. 
And then you guys jumped into metalcore. And now here it is, you've come full circle with the worship song, I Believe. So, like, what is this? It's because now that you're old and slowing down? <laughs> that, that might be part of it subconsciously, but <laughs> no, just like what I said, you know, I've never really put that down. You know, even, even when Darkness Divided was touring and playing music and stuff, I was still very active in our parishes back home and playing music. And I had wrote some songs, actually, that haven't come out yet that I plan to release later. Um while we were touring in between stuff and I was always comfortable of just being like, well, I, I got to put this down on paper and in a voice memo. And that's, that's all I felt like that was being called for at the time. And, and it's really just, you know, in the last year or so, just God putting on my heart that it's like, Hey, you know, I didn't give you these songs for them to sit in some file on your phone. You know, we can share these to bring people back together again. So I'm pretty, pretty blessed to, to fill that and to, come back here and still be able to to share what's on my heart and what's on my mind and what God's giving me for sure. That's amazing though, just to have that ability just to switch from one to the other. Yeah, it's definitely been a blessing, you know, and even when Darkness Divided was going on, like it was nice to share with the church back home, like what I was doing and to still be a part of it and still be part of that family and everything. And and then go on the road and have my my little families everywhere we played at, you know. And that was a big part of Darkness Divided was we always wanted to hang out with people. And, like, sometimes we would bring someone to help out merch, but I was definitely always at the merch table and just wanting to have that connection. And that's what it was about. It's cool to be able to do both sides of that. Was your church supportive of what you were doing? Absolutely, yeah. We're very blessed with that. Um, that barbecue plate sale even I was telling you about, one of the parishioners at our church, they have a business down the road from it, and they let us use their their business facilities and all that stuff and donated some money, actually, so we wouldn't have to pay for the meat and whatnot. And a lot of the guys from the church ended up helping cook and stuff. And, you know, they may not always, like, understood the words <laughs> or like where we would go and stuff like that but they knew like where our hearts were and they could see it on the internet and follow along and you know they always respected that and you know prayed for us and whatnot so we were very lucky with that that's wonderful to have that kind of support absolutely i've often spoken with artists about how they reveal personal details in their music but what you're recording really goes way beyond that and I really got to be honest, I I get pretty emotional. And I wasn't sure if I could even bring up the song White River about the passing of your son. You know, having your child pass away must be the hardest thing anyone could ever experience. And I've heard the cliche from Christians, well, he's in a better place. Is the knowledge of that enough to help? You know, the greatest comfort in all of that is is the fact that he is home, you know? It's it's something that my wife and I grieve every day, and he's very much a part of our every day. But because of my faith and because of where I, I know he is, I know that I'm still in communion with him. We still are a child of God, and I can talk to him, so I do, you know? And 
it was the hardest days of my life for sure. And there's still pretty rough times, obviously. Um, but I just remember driving home because, you know, if, from the story of the song, we had to drive from Arkansas back home to deliver him. And that was almost a 10 hour drive. But I think that was also kind of a blessing, too, um, for my wife and I to have that time to mourn him, just the two of us, and really dig deep into our faith. And one of the most uplifting moments, and it's just kind of surreal to me to even talk about now, was realizing that he just had to go home and that's why he wasn't here and that we could still talk to him and be a part with him and, you know, one day see him again. And then also that this music that God had given me, um, I had just recorded my song, I believe, like right before that trip, like a couple weeks before. And it came on my wife's phone and it just reminded me of why we're here and the love that we can have and the love that nourishing for my boy right now. And that mm -hmm. because we believe we can hope to see him again and be with him again. Has recording and singing a song like that been cathartic for you? It really has. Um, I started like just naturally, um, even before that happened, I had wrote the song Lullaby for him before he had passed, uh, just because I knew that I would always sing for, for my son. And so that White River chorus came into my head one day. Um, those words just kept coming to me. And... I think for me, I didn't want to force any of that. I didn't want to rush it. I didn't want, I wanted it to be what it was, you know? And when that when it all came together, I really felt like I was, I was still able to sing songs for him, you know, and he still listens and he still hears me. So to actually get in the studio and record that. And I recorded that with my little brother, Chris, who, who used to record the Darnest Divided albums was just pretty awesome. And it was definitely some heavy feelings, but also some, some joy and being able to listen to those songs. I, they mean a lot to me, and I, I think they mean a lot to him, too. Your latest song, Mother, has lyrics that parallel the feelings Mary must have had at Christ's crucifixion with your grief. Does it make this Easter story personal for you? It definitely does. Um, and it's kind of strange because I, I grew up Catholic and I'm very much practicing and everything. And, you know, I, I do ask Mary to pray for me for her intercession. But it wasn't until this where I really started to realize that the pain and sorrow and grief that she must have felt, that song became a prayer for me and just turned into a song because I just, I feel so bad. Like when something like this happens to you, and you realize the relationships that you've had with other people and maybe the way you talk to someone else or that you may have been not completely thoughtful of the sorrow that someone may have been going through and not trying to hurt them or anything like that, but just couldn't have empathized more with someone because sometimes it takes going through something to really be able to do that with someone. And so when this happened, I just started thinking about Mary and how that could have been. And even though I can't fully understand it, obviously it's two different situations, but I can empathize with it a little bit more that that's her boy, you know, that's her baby and all that had to happen. And even though it did have to happen, even though he had to go home too, like my son, that 
it doesn't take away the pain, you know, that she had to have felt. So it's definitely a surreal thing. And that was actually my wife's idea to put that song out on Good Friday to share that with others on such a, a day of remembrance. I'm so glad that you did that, too. For myself, it was fine. I can think of the story in an abstract sense, like you know the full story. You know how Mary must have felt, but it almost feels like it's distant. But when you did that song, that really drew it close. Yeah, and that's the thing about a lot of reading the Bible and spirituality. It's when you really can kind of dive back into it, like this is the living word of God. Christ is alive with us and and putting yourselves that this is a real thing. It's not just a story or a history book. It's it's something that we're we're experiencing together and even now is pretty surreal. I, I appreciate you saying that. That's that's a great connection. I don't really know if you have plans or not, but I guess I'd like to know what's the music future of Gerard Mora? Um, you know, the whole thing started with callings and I'm just trying to be as open as possible uh, to what where God's putting me next. I do have some music that I've already recorded that's going to come out later this year, and I'm just contemplating how and when. And that's the other thing about doing this by yourself. It's like it's all you know what you feel called to do, and so I have to discern a lot of that stuff more deeply than I've ever had to discern it before because it's not like a, a group of guys wanting to you know, necessarily put music out a certain way. It's just like, well, I can, I can do literally anything that I feel called to do on this. So, but I am going to put out some, some more music this year and who knows, hopefully things get a little bit better in our world and I can maybe play live <laughs> sometime. <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. Gerard, thanks for opening up about your music. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, thanks again, Dave, and I really appreciate you sticking with me after all these years, and appreciate you being on the show. I'm glad you were able to check it out and enjoy the music.